0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the AmTelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show for you. Here on this uh, weekend divisional round weekend of the national Football League, news and items of uh, teams that are not involved in the two thousand and twenty playoffs i got to get to here in the monologue. Uh, our buddy Brendan, uh, NFL analyst of the uh, program will stop by recap wild card weekend i 'll fight him off on. Philip Rivers being uh, not being a Hall of Famer in my eyes, and of course divisional weekend preview, preview all four of the games, and of course the picks against the spread. But first things first. Nice to have you with us here on the weekend of Friday, Friday, January fifteenth, Saturday, January sixteenth, Martin Luther King weekend, uh, the year two thousand and twenty-one, and let's jump right into it. Um, there's been a cup because wild because there was so so uh, jam packed with recap and wild card weekend and and the news revolving around Kyrie Irving and James Harden you know I you couldn't get to everything so I uh, so there's a couple of items that occurred in the football world that's not involving any of the teams that are participating in uh, in the postseason tournament that I want to get to item number one. Is the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, fired Doug Peterson on Monday, which was caught in the, which was lost in the shuffle amidst the craziness that was Super Wildcard Weekend. Doug Peterson was fired this past Monday by the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, you know, and it's prior to the Week 17 game, you heard you or uh, around the time of that Week 17 game, you heard that Doug Peterson was, I uh, you know, most likely he was going to come back and then news came out about Carson Wentz and and the fact that his relationship with Peterson is beyond repair and and then of course the situation when Peterson uh you know down 3 points to Washington on Sunday night football in front of America he rests um you know he sits down the young quarterback out of uh Alabama and Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts to put in Nate Sudfeld that didn't sit right with uh with members of the national sports media and then of course yeah, the and then of course you know you heard and read things about the fact that uh his players weren't okay his players weren't okay with it and that he's lost the locker room and and it just didn't sit right with a lot of his, with a lot of the uh, big time and the big name Eagles players within that locker room, and he, you know, and he had his meeting with Jeffrey Lurie that weekend, and it turns out that it was best for the organization and Doug Peterson. Remember, Doug Peterson came out earlier, came out, uh, you know, in the last uh, month or so of the season, and said that you know being fired. From the Phillies, one or the Phillies being fired from the Philadelphia Eagles, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I mean, I guess it isn't because uh, he and Lurie met and they both decided, in the best interest of them both, to uh, for Doug Peterson not to continue as the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. In only three years, removed from from uh, you know being from uh, being the underdog that could. You know, defeating, uh, you know, they weren't favored against Atlanta, although they had a number one seed locked up. They weren't favored against Atlanta with backup quarterback in Nick Foles. And they weren't favored against the Vikings coming off of that Minneapolis miracle play, which was which, by the way, was the three year anniversary of that play uh, this past Thursday, by the way and they weren't favored then and of course they weren't favored against the uh, New England Patriots in Super Bowl uh 52 and Nick Foles has one of the most uh famous and one of the greatest all-time Super Bowl performances uh in the history of the Great Game uh and they end up and the Eagles ended up winning their first championship since 1960 their first ever Super Bowl title and in 3 years removed from that 2018 you know, they, 2018, they kind of hit a rough patch and then Nick Foles comes out. You know, St. Nick comes out and saves the Eagles again. They, uh, saves the Eagles again. They get a wild card spot. They play well. Nick Foles has a good drive at the end of the game, at at the end of the fourth quarter, to uh, put them out in front against Chicago. And then uh, Cody Parkey with the double doink. N- Nick Foles gets the Eagles to uh, to the divisional round again. And then if Nelson Aguilar, had of uh, or excuse me, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, didn't let the ball go right through his hands, the Philadelphia—it's fair to say Philadelphia would have uh, flown out to L.A. to play the Rams in the AFC or excuse me, in the NFC Championship game. In 2018, and then of course Carson Wentz does it himself and has his own moment of moment of glory. Week 16 knocks off uh, Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia to lock up the division title, and then they you know they win the division at nine and seven to get a bad break. Carson Wentz leaves the game early in that game against Seattle with a concussion, and they lose uh, and they lose that game to Seattle 12 to nine. But and it's been the first season, and uh, you know it's been a first time in a long time. You know you had a Super Bowl championship, and then you made the playoffs twice, and you made the playoffs twice, and you, and you and you won a playoff game the year after you won the Super Bowl with the same quarterback. So you know and it's your first losing season since that Super Bowl uh, title in two thousand seventeen, and I understand it's been three years uh, since that title, and you know you're being you. You either your standards are either impossibly high, or or uh, or it's just or you're making a hasty decision firing a coach that just got you that won you Super Bowl championship three three years ago for a franchise that you know had had was a walking legacy of failure up until that 2017 season. But I guess the Eagles' minds they felt like he lost the locker room with that decision the bench uh, hurts they felt the eagles organization fit, uh, along with that the eagles organization also probably still wants to, wants still wants carson Wentz to be their franchise quarterback and wants to give carson Wentz a fair deal fit you know the the relationship with him and uh him and Peterson the carson said it was beyond repair you know you trade carson Wentz you, Take a huge cap hit. You fired Doug Peterson. There's no, uh, there's no financial consequences on the back end of that. So I guess you know they still they want to. I guess they didn't want to say and cut ties to Carson Wentz and have to eat that dead cap and and I guess they and I guess Lurie felt like that you know that uh, P, that Carson hasn't exactly given his fair sh- fair shake because of the bond between you know Foles and Peterson and the fact that. You know that he that he's been having to, uh, you know everything. Every Carson Wentz essentially has to live up to what Foles did. You know Foles delivered 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 that that uh, city, their first champion, their first championship in uh, in fifty seven years, and their first Super Bowl title. You know in the history of the franchise, so that of course is like, and that's a huge, uh, feat. And that's a huge uh, standard to hold yourself to, and that's a huge, uh, that's a that, you know that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do. I understand that when supposed the franchise quarterback and earn that ring just as much as. Uh, as uh, Foles did, because you know, because Carson Wentz did get Philadelphia up to that point in the season where they had like one, uh, they had like the best record in the NFC. They had the best record in the NFC, and Carson Wentz was on his way to winning the MVP that season. But you know, prior to he tore his ACL in Los Angeles, but. That that's that's not a that's not an easy task to uh, deliver a championship as a franchise quarterback having having saw your having seen and experienced the fact that that the backup that was that was uh, behind you come in front of you because of injury and essentially you know when uh, I think he won like the last two games of the regular season or I, I think he i think he might have won one game. I think, if I'm not mistaken, one one or two games regular season, and then beats the defending NFC champion Falcons at home. Take care of business against a Viking team that was flying high, coming off of an absolutely miracle finish, and then of course having having it right in front of them. Of you know, they win this game. Not only do they win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl for the first time since the 1970s, but they also get the reward. Uh, first time ever in the history of the Super Bowl to play the Super Bowl at their "quote unquote" home stadium. So, so I mean, and but then again, the Eagles. I they I guess they're, they they uh, still want more out of Carson Wentz, and they're and they're not and they're not. So and I guess they realize that Carson Wentz hasn't been given a fair shake with the fact that the coach has kind of been, I guess, biased against Carson Wentz or. You know he hasn't. His offensive line's been terrible. He hasn't had quality wide receivers, wherever it is. But the Eagles uh, looks like if they feel like that uh, Carson Wentz still has a lot left in the tank to deliver something to the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. So Doug Peterson is out the door as a result. That is that number one. I'm number two. Is the is uh, Deshaun Watson. And the, uh, Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson had, looks like he's reached his, uh, breaking point, uh, has reached his breaking point with the Texans organization, uh, whether, you know, for trading DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, and then of course Deshaun Watson requested that they, uh, That they interview Eric Bieniemy and they and the uh, and the Texans, you know, waited till like the eleventh hour to finally reach out to Chiefs offensive coordinator Er Eric Bieniemy to interview him, Uh, and Watson wasn't too pleased that essentially they asked Deshaun Watson for his input on who to hire and who to interview for the GM and head coaching positions, only to basically bypass and to essentially ignore the invitation and the wish that they granted out to him, and they basically went along their own way. The Texans, you know, not learning from their previous mistakes, not learning from the Lions' mistakes, not to essentially, you know, cherry-pick members out of the Patriot organization thinking it's going to translate into uh, winning six Super Bowls into your franchise, you know, when it's obvious that, that the Texans' ownership doesn't hold a candle to Robert Kraft, and and you know, and you don't have and with all due respect to Sean Watson, he's not Tom Brady, and they don't have a uh, a, a head coaching mastermind at Bill at uh at, in excuse me, in Bill Belichick. So obviously that gets to Sean Watson annoyed, says, you know, he you know, he wants to trade, he wants out essentially if the Texans aren't gonna get his way. If you saw uh, inside the NFL you heard that clip that uh, clip via NFL films where Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt walking off the field at the end of their uh, heartbreaking last second defeat to the Titans in week 17 how JJ Watt apologized you know that essentially one of his one of if not his best uh NFL seasons of his career st- statistically is going to go to waste and essentially not be talked about nor remembered because the team was terrible and then, of course, the issues with blowing the 20-point lead to Kansas City last year in the postseason. And then trading DeAndre Hopkins in early, early, mid-March. It's just, Deshaun Watson has had it with, uh, with the Texans. And, and to be quite honest, I can't blame him. You know, if you're, if someone has the, you know, if someone, if you think that someone honestly is going to go out of their way to basically say, hey, we're going to hire such and such and such. But because you're a val, but because you're a valuable and a focal part of our organization, you know I, I reach out to you to get your input to see what you think and to see who you think we should hire, who we should get. All to just bypass that and ignore it completely and just do whatever the hell you want to do, do whatever the hell you want to you want to do. And if I and I can't blame Deshaun Watson for being annoyed, I I can't blame him one bit. He doesn't have any weapons around him, you know. DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, Bill O'Brien is a hack. The whole nine yards should have been fired after the Kansas City game last January. So I I understand Deshaun Watson's frustration wholeheartedly. And if Deshaun Watson wants to trade, he has every right to ask for a trade. And if he wants to go to a team, he and JJ Watt, for that matter. If they want to go to a team that's going to uh, cherish and value uh, their their worth as a professional football players, then God bless them and all the power to them. But the Houston Texans, from what I've seen, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't live in Houston. I'm not a Texans fan. But from what I've seen, is that the Houston Texans organization is ran is 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 is, is poorly ran from the top on down. That's, that's how I see it as an outsider looking into the situation. I'm number three let me get to a break and then get to brendan uh nFL coaching hires that occurred over the last couple of days yeah, Robert Sala was hired late last night as the head coach of the New York jets he of course a defensive coordinator for the san francisco 49ers i think that i think that's a decent hire on the part of the jets you know they went offensive and a and a bland lame duck guy in adam Gase. You know, now we're gonna to go to the defensive guy with a lot of pep and enthusiasm that's gonna that's gonna, you know, light a fire underneath the team that's essentially been a bunch of uh lame ducks with not with nothing to play for and and you know, just going through the motions. It seems like so he so he's going to provide a spark for the Jets. So and not to mention improve that defense on the part of New York as well. You know, you go from Greg Williams to Robert Sala, who still without with as many injuries, San Francisco uh, had this past season I had one of the best defenses in all of football. But then of course that defense was the big uh, reason why. That team this time last year was playing uh, en route to a Super Bowl appearance in an NFC Championship title. Um, So I like the hire. Um, It it also shows you that the Jets aren't going to give up on, uh, aren't aren't going because they're not going to get the number one pick. They're not, uh, not going to give up on Sam Darnold just yet. They're going to give him a new coach and they're going to get uh, one of, uh, I believe, one of LaFleur's brothers to get in there and to uh, see if they can uh, put, the, uh, put the Darnold tracks back on the correct, uh, the Darnold uh, train back on the correct uh, and right tracks. So it reminds me seeing what happens with the New York Jets, but it's not a bad hire. Up by the Jets. Got a guy that's got a little bit of spunk. Got a guy that's energetic. That's got a little bit of an edge to him. that uh, It's going to light a fire underneath those guys with a rah-rah speech. And they'll feed off of his emotions and his positive energy and everything else. So, just from the standpoint, you know, being one of the uh, worst teams in the National Football League within the last uh, four seasons or so. It's a good hire. You know, provide some energy and light a fire underneath uh, underneath those guys. I, I like the hire, and let's see if uh, Dar- let's see if they if uh, under the regime of Salah coaching the uh, the Jets that they can save uh, Sam Darnold's uh, career and see if he'll be worth his contracts coming up. I believe his contract is up after the twenty one season. Not positive, but it's coming up real soon, and uh, this is you know uh, crunch time. You know this is making break at time. Put up a shut up where if Donald wants to uh stay an NFL player and wants to stay in New York Jet he has to turn around his career and turn around his play quick fast and in a hurry um another hire Arthur Smith offensive coach for uh, the Tennessee Titans he's going to become the Falcons new head coach uh that you know all all you need i mean the Falcons pretty much same thing he went defensive this time offensive this time uh, with the Falcons, I mean, I I don't even know how to assess this hard because what the Falcons really should do, and they're probably not going to, what the Falcons should do is blow up everything. Cut ties with Ryan. Cut tie. Get rid of Gurley. Get rid of Julio Jones. Get rid of all the tradable assets and the guys that's been there a long time. They gotta blow it up and start over from scratch anyway. So I don't know necessarily what their game plan is. Hiring a coach from Tennessee. What to improve the offense and see if you can make make the playoffs in 2021 as an eight and eight, as an eight and eight, uh, seven and or an eight and eight nine and nine and seven team in 2021. You know, play. I don't understand what the motive is as far as the Atlanta Falcons is uh, is concerned. Um, uh, and then if and then uh, and then you have um, Dan Campbell, who's a coach, assistant offensive assistant coach for the Saints, is going might be the favorite for the Lions' head coaching job. If he think that's another team that should just blow it up, get rid of Stafford, and just start from scratch. But again. They're the Lions. They're not. They have not been a, a losing team by accident. And then another uh, coaching hire is Urban Meyer, the former Ohio State and and uh, Florida head coach, uh, leaving the broadcast booth, coach football for Fox to go for the first time ever in his career. NFL coaching. Um, a lot of people like the hire. I'm a little skeptical on it because Urban Meyer. He's he's had health issues and. And hasn't had the ability to stay at the same place for longer than about what five years. Not to mention, not to mention being in your. Not to mention being. Uh, you know, he's up there in his in his fifties. He's up. He's up there in his fifties. Uh, so you don't know how you know the patience that he's going to have uh, for the you know for transitioning into the NFL and of course the health scenario and being an NFL and and being an NFL coach not like a college coach is any less stressful but being an nfl coach is uh is i was probably a lot uh more taxing because considering the fact that you got to worry about uh you know in, you know these are grown men not college kids and then of course learning on the job learning as you go along for the first time being an nfl coach for the first time ever in his life you know that's going to I, that's going to be uh that's going to be uh, that's going to be uh, very uh, challenging for Urban Meyer. Not to mention, and uh, not to mention, all the great college coaches don't necessarily translate into the NFL. Saban wasn't a good NFL coach. Uh, you know, a couple of them, couple of them, of them, were decent. You know, Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson, but you know, not a, you know, and then you know, uh, um, what's his name? Oh, crap. The uh, head coach, uh, the head used to uh, be the head coach, Butch Davis. He was okay, wasn't great. Uh, you know, so not a lot of it. it it's happened in the past, and I, and it's not impossible. You know, if Urban Meyer is successful in the NFL, then the Jaguars are playing in an NFC Championship game within you know within five, within three to five years. It wouldn't shock me, but it also wouldn't shock me either if he bails on him when he sees that it, that coaching in the NFL is tougher than he than he thought it would be. You know, having to go up against Mahomes and Burrow and Jackson and. Mayfield and the Browns and uh, and uh, Herbert in Los Angeles and and uh, Henry and Henry in the Tennessee Titans and Deshaun Watson if if the Texans end up getting themselves together in that division and of course the Colts if uh, if uh, Philip Rivers decides to come back for another year if they decide to run it back they'll they'll be competitive into it and uh, flirting with being a playoff team in twenty twenty one so. It won't be. An, it will not be an easy task. Not to mention, I would imagine it's going to get a lot taxing and more tedious once the pandemic is over. You know, when Jacksonville has those two home games in London every year, which I know, kid, would, which I know, will uh, get annoying and will get and will get tedious. You know, Aaron and Meyer has not. To my knowledge, and um, and I think it's safe for me to say this, I don't think Urban Meyer has coached a uh, has coached a football game outside of the United States, uh, that means something. So that'll be an adjustment as well. And then having, you know, not having to worry about, you know, after four years, you know, it's a complete roster turnover and having to go to guys' houses all over the country and recruit. It's about free agency signing, knowing how to evaluate not high school players but college players when it comes to the draft and the combine and and just knowing how to construct an NFL roster and knowing uh, what it takes to win at the NFL level and knowing how to coach and handle your players differently you know that are grown men with families and responsibilities of their own earning a paycheck instead of you know young young adults in their early 20s you know with you know that are broke no responsibilities other than school and football, you know, trying to, uh, you know, either playing because they want to play collegiately or playing because they want to end up getting into the National Football League. But I wouldn't have hired Urban myself, you know, may, part of it probably is a cachet thing, you know, trying to attract, you know, that's a bad, that's a bad NFL uh, market trying to attract an audience because of course Florida plays Georgia in Jacksonville every single year, and uh, and you know, Jacksonville is not too far from where Gainesville is, which of course they love Meyer with his days as him being a head coach with Tim Tebow uh, in Florida in the uh, back in the 2000s. So it, it remains to be seen, but that's where you stand as far as your news in the NFL that uh, that uh, when it comes to things uh, off the field. Take a break. Me and my man Brendan will chop it up and uh, discuss everything from Wild Card Weekend coming up right after this. Welcome back to the I'm is podcast. Joining me now, good friend of mine, good friend of the program. I like to give him the official title because I always have him on because the only sport that me and him have in common that we both like is football, so and the only time I have one is to discuss football. So, and I, I might as well give him this title. He is our I'm like you. Ti is NFL analyst, the one and only Brendan Dillon. Brendan, how are you today, pal? Okay,
1: doing wonderful. Happy to be back on anytime. And uh so I I assume we're be going over wildcard weekend, aren't we? Yes,
0: Pretty we cool. are. Yes, we are. Let's jump right into it. First game of the weekend, Indianapolis at Buffalo. Before I get to Indianapolis, on part of the Buffalo Bills, you know, they, I thought heading into this game that they were the second-best team in the AFC. I I still think that, but not by as much as I thought they were. I mean, they should have, you know, uh, they had the kicker, Blankenship, I think is what his name is, the kicker out of – the kicker out of uh, Georgia, yeah, Rodrigo, yeah, with the with the yeah, arms. with yeah, with the glasses, yeah, he missed the kick, which caused, which ended up costing Indianapolis because he lost the game by three points. Frank Reich's clock management was not the greatest. Not you know, he bad. used up he used up all of his timeouts to the point where Indianapolis are sitting there on a fourth the, on a fourth down with less than ten seconds left, they can't kick the long field goal, so they have to. Go a Hail Mary. That was terrible. And then you have to, and then Buffalo, on the part of Buffalo, they just played well. Josh Allen made the plays he needed to make the bail out of his team, which is something he did not do when he played uh, Houston, when he played Houston uh, last year. And he played very well, getting to Buffalo their first playoff win in 25 years. What were your thoughts at the end of that uh, Indianapolis and Buffalo game? Oh, and by the way, you know that game should have been Buffalo's earlier because that was the fumble, and the refs and the refs screwed it up. I think it's debatable The floor, um, the floor is yours.
1: I, for, first off, I'm uncertain if that was a fumble still, and the the refs screwed it up from the beginning, and then it was too hard to overturn. So like it was in this like gray space. And honestly the refs have done this a lot this season where they'll call something wrong and then they'll be too scared to overturn it. Cause of how it'll affect the game. And it, it, it does irritate all the fans. Um, so yeah, that's, it's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I think Phillip rivers showed up and did really well. It's unfortunate that he lost, uh, cause like I'm a big Philip rivers fan. Um, the whole entire team, Like, the Colts team, like, really put up a good fight. And if anything, I think that that was going to be the upset of the week. Like, that one. Not the other upsets that happened that we'll get to later. Like, the Rams, for instance. Um, Yeah. Like, I never – I didn't really expect that that was going to happen. So, I think the Bills are a great team. I think that Josh Allen is very competent. And he's proved it over and over again. He went from, like, basically being a glorified running back at quarterback – um to now actually being able to throw the ball down field really consistently and like high quality throws um with his big arm uh I I think that they look really well in the playoffs and if any if any if any team is going to make it to the championship it probably is going to be the Bills they are on a hot streak right now so yeah, yeah. I wish I was I wish I was a fan of the Bills
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't we all Bills mafia jumping through the tables um, now this is something that me and you have fought over the last uh, few years. You know where I'm going with this. How in the world do you and you're not alone on this? To be fair to you, but how in the world do you sit up here and say that Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback? He
1: is. He is a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> and when he goes to the Hall of Fame, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say then, Jai?
0: I was still saying he doesn't alert He doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He he He's one, one of the win. best
1: passers of all time.
0: He is. Oh come on! Yes, <laughs> come on, Brenda. He doesn't have any first or second team All Pros. He's on how many playoff? He doesn't have statistics. that many playoff Look at wins. His statistics. I understand the statistics, and he's also been consistently
1: good for like so long that it's really not even up for debate. He's a playoff. He, he's he. If he was on any other team than Spanos's Chargers for as long as he was, if he wasn't completely fucked over by mediocre Eli Manning, sorry, that goes in the jar. Um, he'd probably have a have a Super Bowl by now. I'm just saying, he should have a Super Bowl. He's good. He's really good. But,
0: but I mean, it's, it's you sad that he's to-
1: retiring at the at the Colts, he basically made their season, you know, capable and, and, and got them to the playoffs even to begin with. So, and yes, Jonathan Taylor did have – did help him somewhat, but I'm – that team really revolved around him, and it's very sad that he's thinking about hanging it up again.
0: No all pros, little playoff victories.
1: I know that AP means a lot, right? But also, like, a lot of that stuff also has to do with the teams he's been around.
0: Yeah, but Brendan, do you know how many players that are in Canton – have had multiple All-Pros. Many, but I'm
1: certain that also there's some players in Canton that have never had any. So what is this argument that we're having right now?
0: I, I'd I'd have to look it up, but I guarantee, I guarantee you if you there is there's... players in Canton, if there are players in Canton without any All-Pros, A, I have to look it up, and B, they probably don't deserve to be in Canton in the first place. Also, you have to understand, I understand the passing records, but... He's
1: insane. He's also in consistently a... been good. Like he has had the worst struck of fate that any quarter, like streak of fate that any quarterback in the history of the NFL except maybe like Matthew Stafford like he's the, the, he been screwed over by horrible teams and played lights out anyways and put up great numbers even this year Look, when he's washed up and old like come on
0: now he i'm not saying he didn't have a good season this season He had a 68 completion percentage, through 4 for 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 in That's good. And I understand the passing records and all that sort of thing. That man's 39 years old.
1: And he doesn't have have
0: a team of a Tom Brady.
1: Like, come on. You really don't have anything near what Tampa Bay has. He literally has so many weapons. Tom Brady does. It's unconceivable. And he always has had great weapons. Like... And who who the hell has Philip Rivers really ever had that you can even remember? Except the Lidanian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates.
0: Antonio Gates. Uh, Antonio Gates is a Hall of Fame tight end, mm-hmm. and Ladainian yeah. Tomlinson is an all-time great running yeah. back.
1: And yeah, uh, and I'll tell you uh, who threw the ball to Antonio Gates most to get him into the Hall of Fame.
0: Philip Rivers. Yeah. Uh huh. But, but, you
1: know, who made him him an all-time great? Phillip Rivers. You know what? Antonio Great's fantastic tight end. One of the best in NFL history. Phillip Rivers, fantastic quarterback. One of the best in NFL history. That's That's my argument. Cut and dry.
0: But I understand the passing records. But you have to look at it on two accounts. One, he's never had a signature win. Every Hall of Fame quarterback has a signature win or a signature season where you can point to him and go, "Ah, that's why that guy is. What in about the, Hall the season
1: where his, off- his offense was like it was like the 2009 or 2008 season. His, his offense was lights out, and he played lights out, and his defense was lights out, and the thing that screwed their season up was their special teams being one of the historically worst special teams of all time. Like, that that's a great example. And he got screwed by his special teams.
0: Give me a moment in his career, a signature game, a drive, a play, a touchdown pass. Give me a signature moment in his career. Brady, Brady you have a dozen of them. Manning has a few of them. Uh, Kurt Warner has, has about one or two of them. Uh, Bradshaw. Uh you I go down the list Unitas, Marino wait, uh, wait, Favre wait. Elway you can, can go I say down something the list as well
1: he also he he was AP but AP comeback player of the year in 2013
0: 2014 Comeback player comeback player of the year it's a, it's a nice award but winning that award in 2018
1: doesn't... he had he had he had the he had the comeback against the Kansas City Chiefs back when they were still and they're now still very competent um, he's had a lot of it, like historic game comebacks. If you really want to look back at it, like he's he's a great quarterback to come from behind and win it.
0: I mean, in a playoff or Super Bowl setting, he's
1: never had the chance to get there, and it's not because of him; it's because of the teams he's around. What is the argument here?
0: The argument is that Philip Rivers isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback because he doesn't have that signature. Listen, I don't even like the idea that Eli is going to make the Hall of Fame, but at least with Eli, you have that drive that he had in Super Bowl 42, and then of course drive and Super Bowl 46 to knock off the Patriots twice in a five-year period. But and another thing, and I also wanted to make this point. When you're playing in an NFL that is so catered rules-wise towards the offense and towards I the quarterback like in was the beginning. passing game. It wasn't game, like
1: that at the beginning, though. That back when he started in his in, in the very beginning of his career.
0: Fair. But in the they but in cheap. the meat and potato. <laughs> but in the meat and the potatoes of his career, the game is more catered towards the offense and quarterback play.
1: Yes, now, now at the beginning when he still was historically great, he also he also, you know, did very well. So again, the argument that you make is just, I disagree. You're you're wrong. <laughs> He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> he is. Look at his statistics and and.
0: I'm I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. Okay, 2000. Okay, in the season high touchdowns he ever threw in the season 2008, he threw 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, threw for fourth, threw for 4,009 passing yards, and had a completion percentage of 65. percent Okay, but okay, fair. And but he's but he's played in 12 playoff games his entire career. 12. Yeah. And. So for for a guy that for a guy that's been playing a better part of sixteen years, he to play in about more. Time. As a matter of fact, since I pulled him up, let me, read, let me read you his
1: performances.
0: Let me let me read you his performances in playoff games, okay? In the uh, let's see, 2000, 2006 against uh, who is this? NWE. I'm using Pro Football Reference. Okay, New England Patriots. Yeah, okay, it lost, all con- lost a point. confusing. He would he, he, listen to his numbers. Forty-three point seven uh, complete percentage, through for two hundred and thirty yards and an interception. Yeah. I mean, that's that's terrible. And then, and he fumbled the ball, and he fumbled, He had a fumble lost in that history. game. That's that's bad. Yeah, it was really
1: interesting.
0: Okay, all right. All right let's pick another one. Okay, uh, two thousand seven against the Patriots again when they lost 21 uh, He his complete percentage was fifty one percent. He was nineteen of thirty seven for two hundred eleven yards and two interceptions. That's not Hall of Fame. Uh, let's pick another one. 2008 against Pittsburgh. Are you in the gonna playoffs? go? Any of the
1: any of the any of the ones where he 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 won, or his team won, or I don't know? He put up a good like a good passer rating and like all a lot right, of all right, touchdowns. Okay, you, okay. you you All right.
0: All right. Are, all right, all right, here here here's for you. Okay, for you. D- to Make you feel good. Uh this was against uh Indianapolis. They won twenty-eight-24, two thousand seven season. He had a seventy granny, he only threw the ball nineteen times, but he had a 73 percent completion percentage through for two sixty-four, three touchdowns, and interception. Okay. And uh and okay, well here's when we got the short end of the stick. 2008 against the Steelers in the playoffs, they lost 35-24, 21 35, 60% completion percentage, 308, two three for three touchdowns, and interception. Yeah. Okay, but uh, what, what what about this one though? What about this one? Okay, they play. Uh, they played Denver 2013 in the week after they beat my Bengals, where he was 20, where he was 12 to 16, 75, 75 percent, complete percentage through for 128 and yeah. a touchdown. They beat the Bengals. Many teams have done that in their sleep. OK, but how about Denver the next week? He threw for 217, two touchdowns and mm-hmm, 66 percent. pretty good. <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Now here's here's okay. Outside. Okay. Prior to last Saturday, here, here you remember the game against the Patriots after they beat yeah. Baltimore, twenty-five of fifty-one, forty-nine percent complete percentage through for three thirty-one, and oh, yeah. three touchdowns, one interceptions. That that that. First of all, those those are vacuum stats. But here's the right. he couldn't complete fifty percent of his fifty pa- percent of his you'd passes. That's to, not all. You have family.
1: to go back to watch that game, and also like, <laughs> come on.
0: Do do want his Do you want his career, career playoffs stats? It's, it's, want, cri-
1: it's like aren't they w- like pretty much even? One two, yeah, like they're around even. He's five and seven, right?
0: In the playoffs, yes, he's five and seven. You can't, you can't be a five and seven quarterback in the playoffs and then be considered. Yeah, but any
1: of the teams that we're talking about right now, like really great playoff teams outside of quarterback, and like I'm just being honest.
0: He got outplayed by Mark Sanchez in 2009.
1: Jai, you have to go back to watch that game. They were winning until uh, there was like a fluke kick return that ended up, I, it's, I'll, I'll find the actual video to make sure that I'm talking about this right, but I'm pretty certain that they they ended up getting kicked out of there because of their special teams. It was the 2009 team that had the historically bad special teams.
0: Okay, well, how about 2008, even though they won the game, but he wasn't great and he barely outplayed Kerry, uh, Kerry Collins, if, that, if I remember correctly. What about that? One more time. I said, well, what about when they, uh, what about, I know they lost, I, mean, I know they beat Tennessee, but how about when he wasn't exactly magnificent uh, when they beat Tennessee 17-6 to in 2007 against Kerry Collins and the uh, Tennessee Titans?
1: I, 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 Jai, I think that honestly a lot of this is really subjective. If you look historically at how good he is, it's really hard to debate that he is in Hall of Fame.
0: Five, five, a set, five and seven in the he's playoffs. Is is not is not Hall of Fame. Okay,
1: well, he's gotten there that many times, and with and if a lot of teams are going to be taking L's, like if you get to the playoffs, because the fact of the matter is, you will inevitably lose a game unless you're winning the Super Bowl, which he hasn't. So, like, what are we? What are you even arguing? Like, what are we arguing here? <laughs>
0: We're arguing whether or not Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he is. I you think he, think is. he is. Is? I still think he
1: is and you're not going to change my mind. I think he's I, cring- I think we'll he's fringe, be- but he is like one he, is, he definitely deserves it. I I think anyways. He's been consistently good. So
0: he's been consistently very good, but the Hall of Fame is not for the good or the very good. The Hall of Fame is for the all-time great. That's the problem. He
1: is all-time great statistically. He's at all-time great winningly.
0: Well, isn't part of being a Hall of Fame quarterback is winning? I think
1: that it, it can be a part, but there are definitely people in there like Joe Namath, for example, that only ever got there once. And I don't think...
0: Well, jo- Joe Namath won a Super Yeah, but Joe Bowl.
1: Namath is not is if if, if if we are, we had a Rivers quarterback in that time period, like Joe Namath has nothing statistically, and if we were to put him in today's NFL, would still have nothing statistically on Rivers. Just the truth.
0: Yeah. Rams took care of business against the Seahawks thirty to twenty. I gave my audience my thoughts. What were your thoughts on what occurred in Seattle on Saturday? An absolutely pathetic it. performance by it. the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, offense.
1: like it was it was a bad game. It was like they were playing the Giants again, <laughs> to be honest. Which which terrible. we knew I, I, I had a feeling it was gonna happen because like let's just be honest. They lost to the Giants, like come on. You really think that that team's going to make it all the way through? Unless something miraculous happens, which obviously it didn't. They aren't getting there. It doesn't matter how good Russell Wilson plays, even though Russell Wilson played horribly that game. So, yeah. Also.
0: What? Now, I told. Also, go ahead. it was
1: good to see. Uh, I don't know. Golf, get out there and actually do something with his hurt finger. That was kind of some fun adversity to watch.
0: Now, what I told my audience uh, on uh, Wednesday that, you know, Russell Wilson, my issue with Russell Wilson is the fact that he, he tries too hard. And I feel like that his attention, that his uh, brain is more on being, A celebrity. You know, he owns the Seattle Saunders soccer team. He's, every single time I turn around, he's doing these little goofy videos with Sierra on Instagram and TikTok and he's, you know, he's doing these, uh, he's got a podcast called Danger Talk and he's releasing episodes every Wednesday with Matthew McConaughey and Sue Bird and all these other celebrities and talking about crap. I think he can, no I, I think he can do whatever of, he
1: wants as long as he puts a good performance on the field and keep, he does, he does for the most part, but he really ate it. He really ate it. Last
0: I mean, that, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you cannot do all of these things And then and then crap the bed like this come playoff time. And, you know, and you know what? And let's call it like we see it. Brennan, they've won three. They've won three playoff games since they embarrassed themselves in Super Bowl 49 throwing at the Malcolm. Butler. do you know that they've won? They've they've won three playoff games. You know who those teams are? They beat the snake bitten Vikings, who historically are always a snake bitten team. Come playoff time, Blair. If Blair Walsh knew how to kick a field goal that I could have made blindfolded, we they would have. The Vikings would have won that game. It was
1: really cold that game, so like let's not be too mean. Continue.
0: Game number two. The next year, they beat the Detroit Lions who are historically a pathetic football team and are next with the Bengals as one of the longest active uh, playoff losing streaks in the NFL. Team number three they beat was the Eagles last year where they knocked out Carson Wentz within the first five minutes of the game. And they won, And I understand DK Metcalf had a historic performance, but they only put up 12 points on the board and won the game 12-9. And uh, it's about time that Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks quit farting around and, you know, and, and this is for me, you know, so when it came on the air loudly and came to Russell Wilson's defense saying how he gets a la Rodney Dangerfield gets no respect when everyone is, uh, you know, bowing down to Patrick Mahomes' feet, you know, I came out there and screamed and yelled at Russell Wilson's behalf and this is how he, and this is how he repays me. Their offense was spotty against the 49ers in week 17 uh, and i and it was spotty could not put up any could not muster up any points though uh until uh, the uh, fourth quarter. Their offense wasn't great against your team when they played Washington. their offense wasn't phenomenal uh against the Rams in week sixteen, and then their offense was sleepwalking throughout the i understand the Rams is the best defense in football, but the offense sleepwalked throughout the entire game and didn't show any Even signs of at all of but- of Right, of effort until the yeah. game was pretty much over and they started to make the game quote-unquote close within the last two minutes and 30 seconds. He came
1: at calf yelling at Russell Wilson and the coaches, like, how angry he is. Like, there was mm-hmm. no rhythm at all that offense, and they kind of, like, turned on each other.
0: So... I um, mean, it was... It, it was It was terrible. It was absolute. It was. It was terrible, Russell. I mean, eleven for twenty-seven, one hundred and seventy-four yards, Russ. Really, and a, and a, and a bonehead, asinine pick-six. Really, Russell. This is what we're gonna do now. When you up here, making these, making these cringeworthy, stupid videos with Sierra, and and come playoff time, this is what you give us. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know about you, but I do not want to see the Rams play another week. I don't like McVay. The uniforms are ugly. I hate the new logo. I think the stadium is overrated. I think the stadium out in Vegas is better. And I can't stand uh, and I can't stand Jared Goff. And and I gotta watch the Rams play next week instead of watching Seattle go at it with the Indiana Saints ro- next week or Indiana on Saturday.
1: Just dropped that the Jets are hiring Robert Saleh as their new head coach. So,
0: yeah, that's pretty cool. What's your thoughts on I, that?
1: Interesting decision. I'll, I'll, I He'll definitely be better than Gase, at least. <laughs> so, so hey, yeah, that'll be interesting.
0: Do you think they should have went with an offensive-minded guy, especially if they, you know, want to – Fix Darnold, or or
1: I hope that they haven't given up on Darnold because he's a lot of capability. Um, but defense wins games, so yeah.
0: All right, now what? What? Uh, what's game number three? Game number three is your team, Buffalo or Buffalo. Bucks versus uh, yeah Buffalo, the Bucks against Washington. Tyler Heineke, what a Taylor Tyler whatever name is, did a phenomenal job. Heineke, yeah that's his name. Heineke, he did a phenomenal job. All things being considered, what what was your thoughts on the game on a Saturday? Oh, night it was window? close
1: all the way through, and a game that a lot of people didn't think was going to be close. I was already telling Jai that it was going to be a close game because like I'd already watched. Well, anybody who's a skins fan had already watched Heine- Heineke play. Um, for like late in the game, uh, when Haskins, it was like week fifteen. Um, it, he did really well. Um, he definitely like is very capable, and he's one of the best FCS passers of all time. And Mahomes broke his like. Okay, Mahomes. Mahomes. Broke his uh, passing yardage record like recently, um, like in 2018, uh, for like most passing yards in a game. So uh, Heineke is like really good. He's a really good passer um, and he's very capable, um, but he's undersized and fragile, which is the reason why he never really did anything beyond d- coming from ODU, which is a no name school that. Only got into D1 because he was their quarterback, really, um, for the like 2012 and all that. So uh, he's like very good, um, but never really got the chance. Was practice squatted a lot, and finally like, like got the chance on on Sunday, uh, and balled out really well. Which I'm not really surprised because he never showed that he was incapable of doing that. Um, but he's fragile, so. Uh, This is just what happens when a fragile quarterback goes out. He ended up getting, getting hurt, like pretty far through the game. He had an AC joint separation and then he came back in and played all the way through. And he was like the highest ranked quarterback by via PFF the whole entire week. And like Mahomes was complimenting him on Twitter. A lot of people were going insane for how well he played Pat McAfee and all that Um, Brady. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin really stunk up the bed. He had like, he had like three or four drops. Um, our wide receivers also had a lot of drops, which made the game, you know, like harder for us. And there was a lot of really bad calls um, and a lot of bad non-calls. Like you can go back to the game and you'll see O O'Lyman from Washington that are getting face masks and held every single down. And, and that's the reason why we didn't get a lot of hits off of Brady. Um, that whole entire game because they really weren't calling anything at the line, especially for us. So, yeah, we still put up a close game. We still put up a My... close game. It was very close, and I, I'm very happy with the with the outcome uh, because it just shows a lot of good things for the future, and I didn't think we'd go anywhere in the playoffs this, any, this year anyways. Like, so I'm happy. I'm happy with it.
0: Yeah, my issue with Tampa Bay is their defense. The fact that you all had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to tie the game, this is supposed to be a team that's supposed to be, you know, top three along with the Saints and the Packers as a big-time Super Bowl contender in the, in the NFC. The fact that you all had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to tie the game up is really is really is disturbing really disturbing to a certain degree. I mean, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the fact that Tampa Bay's you defense going is I so mean, many you times got in
1: games where we've been down by like 7 points this season. It happens a lot because our team yeah. is really good with second half coaching. We play horrible on the first half, consistently the worst, the worst point differential in the league. And then we have the best point differential in the league for um 3 and 4. So, it's like I'm not really that surprised to be honest because we as long as we stay in games we always have a chance to win our team this year and so I'm I uh, I'll say that like it's unfortunate what happened and we didn't get there and I think that in another universe we could have gotten there and definitely won that game which would have been crazy it's still crazy we were that close uh but doesn't surprise me. It just makes me very enthusiastic for next year.
0: Gotcha. Game number one of, uh, of the Sunday action between the – yes, uh, I don't know how you felt, but I had no issues with, uh, with the Ravens stomping on the Titans logo at the end of the game. Titans did it first to them back in week 11. Malcolm Butler, the whole bit, Vrabel and Harbaugh don't like each other. And for the outsiders out there that had an issue with it, take it from someone that's been a part of, quote, unquote, what the Ravens flock is and, you know, who's a Baltimorean born and raised who has watched hundreds of Ravens games throughout uh, their short short, uh, life, the Ravens can't stand Tennessee. They they are just as big a rival to the Ravens and their fans as Pittsburgh yeah. and Cleveland is. So, what 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 were your thoughts on uh, Baltimore and Tennessee and that whole fiasco it, at the end just, of that game?
1: I'm not even. I don't even really care that much. I just I'm upset with how the Titans played because I I think that they're the better team. Even this year, I thought they were the better team. And they got destroyed, which I think simply has to do with getting out coached versus the team quality. They got out coached in that game.
0: I agree. Vrabel was bad punting mm-hmm. on that fourth and one. I mean, Vra- Mike, 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 come back to us, please. It's just, Get a quote. I'm
1: very upset, uh, but
0: like it,
1: it doesn't matter anyways. The, the Ravens are going to be out next week, so it doesn't. It doesn't.
0: Matter. I don't know about. I don't know about that. That 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 game's going to be a major major toss Really, on. I do not know about that. I think that, I think they're going. Yeah. No. This this team this team is is on fire, Brennan. It is going to take it's going to take a lot out of Buffalo, Buffalo to, to take care of the Ravens. I'm sorry. It's going to take a lot.
1: In the ra- and, and, the, and the Ravens choke. It, a
0: lot.
1: The, the, it, so. It's It's has got out. There. Yeah.
0: You know horrible. You know, you know, you know Harbaugh though it has uh, has the NFL record now for the most road playoff wins him. of all time.
1: I, right? I don't like Harbaugh, so <laughs> it's gonna be good. Good. He talks Slow. a lot of crap on the sidelines, and you see it all the time. But good for him.
0: Just imagine, just imagine Brendan as a Ravens fan. Oh be. my goodness I gracious. I don't like, the, I don't like them. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, so what? Well, so and they shut down Derrick Henry on. So, do you think that Derrick Henry not being able to run yeah. the football played a part in uh, yes, Baltimore and Baltimore meeting
1: them? Henry is a big part of their whole entire offense. But let's also not forget that I think AJ Brown got hurt as well, and uh, that's a big deal because that's their best wideout. And then eighty-four. Who's eighty-four? Another one of their wide receivers also got hurt uh in that game and like so the fact that Henry couldn't run and that they were to playing like their third string in the first spot, um doesn't fare very well in that in that situation. So again, it's not surprising what happened. Uh but I had a lot more faith in that team. But you know, any given Sunday.
0: Do you, think, do you think the monkey is off of Lamar's back, quote-unquote, now that he's won a playoff game?
1: I think that he still has, you know, some, some choking problems. I think that that was an easy game to win because they really played bad and were outcoached and they didn't have their starting wideouts and Henry wasn't all there. Like, that's not as impressive as a lot of people are going to make it out to be.
0: He did. He did get his revenge against Tennessee, though, who who dominated him last year, and they beat him in overtime, And they beat him in overtime uh, earlier back in November. So, you got you got, got to be fair. Yeah, be I,
1: fair. he did end up getting that monkey off his back, but I don't think it's going to change how good he is in playoffs. Not every single game is going to be a cakewalk.
0: No, that game wasn't a cakewalk. They had the grind. It out was a that lot easier game. than
1: previous years when they were playing like full, full championship teams. Like, let, let, let's be aware of the fact that, as I just stated, there was a lot of things going wrong with the Titans that made them incapable of winning. So,
0: hmm. interesting. New Orleans took care of business against Chicago. I'm so glad this – and this is where it's going to bite the NFL in the butt, the fact that they extended – that they expanded the playoffs to one extra team because you are going to get these 8-8 and monotonous, uh, pathetic (laughs) playoff teams like – like like the 2020 Chicago Bears, and you know they're only in the playoffs because of the expanded playoffs that they had entering the 2020 season, and of course uh, Cliff Klondike can't coach his way out of a paper bag. So yeah, and you had you know the Bears are just undisciplined, falling, taking the bait, punching guys, being undisciplined, many penalties galore, receivers dropping wide open passes hey, in the Jai, end zone. I mean, Jai, oh my goodness gracious, Mitchell
1: Trubisky, he won the MVP. Award. <laughs>
0: Yes, and it's a good thing you brought that up because I haven't because I didn't bring that up yet. I didn't bring that up on Wednesday. What What did you think of that Nick Nickelodeon uh, it's, it's broadcast? It's pretty funny. I I honestly thought it was hilarious. Um,
1: obviously cringy as hell, but like, there's definitely a place for it. I I, I, I watched little bits and pieces because I was just curious to see like what they'd actually do because it's just so bizarre to have Nick broadcast a playoff yeah. game. It's definitely one of the most interesting playoff yeah. games of all time, too. Like that, you don't watch that for the game. You watch that because Nick is streaming, like NFL playoffs. Like that's just bizarro.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, I I watched the drive of it on Nickelodeon. Uh, first off, my thought. Okay, let me right, let me be nice first. Let me you know because everyone says you always critique. You always. Listen. I'll be nice. Noah Eagle, son of Iron Eagle, who does the who's the radio play-by-play voice for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. He he did a phenomenal job and sounds just like his father. How he does not have a, a TV job broadcasting the NFL play-by-play. I do not understand. Great. And Nate Burleson is yeah, and Nate Burleson has a has a tremendous future. I don't I didn't love him in the booth, but he's a great guy in the studio. NFL today. Good morning, football. This guy, this guy is going he's gonna be the quote unquote Tony Romo of of uh NFL studio oh programming God. for a long, for yeah. a long time. He does a great job. Then the negative. Okay, I don't know who I don't they know who the to hell in the they had the girl there. What with the punt? Oh wow! Look look at the punt. I mean the and and then when and then when the guy uh the guy uh when Wims dropped the pass did I have it? yeah when Wims dropped the pass in the end zone he was like he was like oh almost almost it's the National Football League playoff time. I mean can I mean can someone I mean part of it maybe her fault part of it probably is not you know maybe. Uh, Sean McV- McManus, I know he is the boss of CBS Sports and the executive producer for the NFL series. Maybe he or or whoever she answers to at uh, Viacom CBS Nickelodeon could probably tell her to watch a couple, you know, could she have watched uh, Kansas City and the Saints when they played a few weeks back So she has an idea of what of what the heck's going on and she didn't let the game breathe during the broadcast, talking over, talking over guys, asking Nate Burleson for you know potty jokes and bathroom stories. I mean, at the end of the day, I understand that we're we're creating this for kids, but this is an NFL playoff game. I mean, let, let's let we gotta we gotta still keep that in mind. You know, this isn't a uh, preseason no, game. You know, in the middle of August, when hey, no one in America cares about this is a this is a big big time. Playoff really, game. it is like the that's biggest. Out of uh, all the that's... playoff
1: games this week. Like we knew it was going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, it was, yeah, obviously, but I'm um, but I mean, let's be, you know, let's let's uh, let's act like we know what we're doing here. I mean, will you please come on? Let's let's uh, let's get a clue. And and SpongeBob gra- and then the graphics comparing them to, to the Nickelodeon cartoon characters. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, tough, tough to take, tough to take for me, tough to take. Uh, game number uh, three. I and mean, this is the juicy one. I don't know how you feel about Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin, in my eyes, is a, is an overrated head coach. You know, he's won he's won a handful of play. He's not he's not he's won. Not that many playoff games since the second Super Bowl appearance 10 years ago when they lost to the Packers. You know, he's allowed his team to go crazy. Antonio Brown, 2016, you know, Facebook Live and the cancer he became and Le'Veon Bell going nuts and Big Ben being a complete and utter narcissist and, and, this, and the second half collapse they had in 2018 and this year losing to your team, then my team on Monday Night Football, and Juju pissing off the Bills and not learning from that, and but and he ticks off the Bengals and gets them all motivated, the most motivation <laughs> they had had yeah. all, essentially all season long. They they get them annoyed. Cincinnati oh beats God. them with Ryan Finley, a third-string really quarterback for crying saying, out though, loud. It, it was us <laughs> that
1: began the downfall of, 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 of that whole entire squad. Like, you could make the debate. It was the Ravens, but I think it really was us uh, when we won, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to allow something like that to happen. But it's great. I'm just so happy that the Steelers fell down because their fans were totally atrocious on our subreddit and, like, just – all over, and, like they're they're saying, like, oh, uh Ben Roethlisberger should be comeback player of the year because of his of his arm, and we're playing with the dude who almost died because of his damn leg. Like, is leg getting ripped off in a in a game? Yeah, like, what are we talking about here? That whole entire team is a bunch of like, shrugs. yeah.
0: Oh, they. I mean, oh my goodness gracious, Chase. And I and I guess it came out earlier today, or later, or earlier today. That 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 quote that Chase Claypool said that the the Cleveland Browns are a bunch of classless bunch of dopes. He came out and said that that's an old interview, but he didn't. But that's okay, fine. But he went on TikTok Live, which I guess is a thing and said that the Browns are going to get cl- He's bumping his gums. He got Juju saying the Browns is the same old gray-faced Browns and Tomlin saying the same thing. I mean, does 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 any of these guys actually have a no. clue and have enough self-awareness no. not to say and do things that's going I, to piss off their I opponent? I do not know I mean, why, seriously.
1: They, why they challenge like the, the other teams because they have no chance, like no chance at all. When they when they do that, and it's hilarious because like they started so well, and you know karma Karma's karma is a bitch. They they got what was coming to them, to be honest.
0: And... It's just, it's it's just so stupid. And again, and again, I don't want to hear not another word from anybody. That includes Adam Jones, the former Orioles safety, and, and Torrey Smith, the old Eagles and Ravens wide receiver. Who uh, who Tory Smith? Uh, Tory had a back and forth with Tory Smith again on Twitter on a uh, Sunday night, and then of course he and Adam Jones dragged me on Twitter uh, uh, last year for saying that Tomlin isn't a Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> Look at his body of work. Look, you want a a Hall of Fame coach? A Hall of Fame coach allows his team no. to run wild, say stupid it's things, true. get their opponents all pissed off, and 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 these second-half collapses two in the last three years? A Hall of Fame coach allows that. A Hall of Fame coach allows a team that had one single day of practice missing many of their key starters due to COVID and injury, and oh, by the way, did not have a head coach because of said Corona Chan. A Hall of Fame coach essentially allows them to put up 28 unanswered points in the first quarter of a home playoff game. I don't. I could care less if there's no fans or not. A Hall of Fame coach allow uh, is, is does that? Does that really? Yes. Give me a break. Hall? I don't want to hear another word you're about, hear, you're being hear about, about it. Coach you're going to hear more about it. Just I sorry. And 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 I understand they fired Randy Feetner, but Tala needs to go too. You know, and enough is enough. Enough. And about, big Ben to be needs to retire time. as well. Okay. He. Yeah. he he like he, he needs to go, and and again, this is why I picked this team at the beginning of the before the season started back in September to go six and ten, because because they have no running game, their wide receiving threats Whoa. are are non-existent. Granted they granted they have a good defense, but their good defense picked literally the worst possible time. They have the worst game of the season. And Big Ben's thirty-eight years of age, coming off of major really elbow a surgery, that's I mean, I, right. This, this I is with exactly why I picked them. And I agreed six with at the beginning of the season. As this well. is exactly it's kind of why.
1: shocking that they got where they did. And uh, I think it's mostly just dumb luck. I think they'll be remembered as, as one of one of the worst uh, undefeated teams up until that point where they lost of all time, or worse zero and twelve team, or whatever it was, like. Because they're they were overrated, heavily overrated.
0: Playoff divisional round weekend. What are you uh, looking forward to seeing between uh, Green Bay and the Rams? Jared Goff's gonna start. Wolford's out. Goff still has those pins in his thumb. What are your thoughts on uh, this weekend's matchup? Uh,
1: I I, th- I think that it's I I don't, I don't even know what to say, Jay. It's, it's difficult, you know?
0: What do you think? I, Green Bay's going to win. In, in Lambeau, cold weather, it's a team from Los Angeles. Jared Goff stinks anyway. And the fact that he's going to be playing Dives. a playoff game where it's 20 degrees Dives. outside, that he doesn't wear gloves. Who is the better coach? Green Bay, Green Bay has this. I really, well, I don't think To cold be quite games. honest with you,
1: when you can barely pass the ball and your arm, your hands become frozen bricks. Like it's going to be closer than you think. I know that you, you're gonna, you're gonna think that hey, maybe it's going to be like they're going to get completely destroyed because it's Aaron Rodgers and blah 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 this and blah 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 that. But the thing is, Lambeau Field, though it is like one of the winningest, blah 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 blah. It's cold there, and I believe that just about anything can happen on that field, especially if the elements are like in effect. You know, it's a question of what's it gonna like, what temperature yeah. is it gonna be? And
0: I yeah. well here, I'll give it to you. You ready? Stand by because I looked it up earlier this week. Um, Temperatures on Saturday in Green Bay, Wisconsin, 35 degrees with a 50 yeah. percent chance of snow. In the previous and the previous who's day, passing? it's an 80 percent chance. Well, let's of just snow say who's
1: passing the ball? And it's Bay? snowing heavily. I'm gonna tell you, probably not a lot of teams. It's not gonna come down to Rogers. It's gonna come down to a run game.
0: I I I I trust the Green Bay's run game more than I do L L.A.'s with Aaron Jones. And, and but do you know? What? Do you know what's also going to come back to bite them? Guess probably, how warm it is in Los Angeles <laughs> this week. Yeah, it's in the eighties. It's they today. It was eighty three degrees in Los Angeles. Friday it's eighty six. Saturday, Saturday, the day that's going, to be, so you're going to have Rams fans in Los Angeles watching this playoff game mm-hmm. in 85 yeah. degree weather, sunshine, while Mc while McVay and Goff and Acres and uh, Aaron Dom are going be f- are going to be freezing their asses off at Green in Green Bay, Wisconsin, in 30 degree weather this is, with this is, snow, sleet, God knows what I don't else. Don't know. like anything, the they've already
1: ha- had an upset. They played pretty dominantly. I yeah, like, I think just about anything can happen with that game specifically, as crazy as it might sound considering they're the first seed. I think that the Bills are much like hotter as a team than uh, Green Bay. And I also feel like Green Bay is constantly over You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not this year. Last year, yes.
0: Not this year. We'll see. Second game between uh, Baltimore and Buffalo. Now, think you Buffalo think will. Buffalo's gonna take it? I don't think so. I think that game. I think this is a game that's a lot, is a lot, is going to be a lot closer than what you give it, what in what you give it credit to, but I, I think I think Baltimore is going to pull this one out and go to the AFC champion, or Baltimore is going to pull this yeah, out and pray. get to the AFC championship game.
1: Continue, continue, come on. We already explained, you? Can't disagree. just say I disagree. We already talked like, about continue. that great length. Why I don't think Lamar Jackson has really played a playoff team yet, considering what happened with uh, the Titans game last week. Like he's not proven anything to me at all.
0: So you don't think you don't think he'll uh, no, show up, show up, and show happen. out also, against Buffalo?
1: They're playing at Buffalo, too. So what's the temperature at Buffalo as well?
0: Well, ESPN has given the Ravens a 51% chance to win the game, and the forecast is uh, about an inch of snow, 37 degrees. Yep. Come down to the run game, yeah, which the but, Ravens, you know, which the Ravens Josh do well. Al- Josh
1: Allen's basically that's why, a, that's, like, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Basically, a glorified running back is a
0: glorified. I uh, when it comes to, when it comes to who's a better quarterback, Lamar Jackson's football, quicker, but, Lamar Jackson uh, but Josh, Josh Allen, Allen is
1: a lot more like sturdy and uh, stronger than L- Lamar Jackson, yes, Lamar Jackson's great and all that, but I, I I don't know. Josh Allen definitely has a lot of capability, especially if it's if they anticipate and keep the edge like close, I think that like, Josh Allen could have a very good day, like um, because, because at least Allen can run like straight through the line if he needs to. I think that if they pass, they're crazy though, in in like these cold weather games. It's a huge risk to pass in cold-weather games, especially if it's snowing. So take with that what you will.
0: Cleveland versus Kansas if, City. City. What are your thoughts on that? I probably end up
1: being Kansas City, but Cleveland's really good, so it'll be close.
0: Very close. I agree. And Can- Kansas City has not played again by the time. By the time they will play this game on Sunday, weeks. do you know that Mahomes and essentially for tw- for right, for three weeks, and you saw what happened with the Ravens when they rested Lamar and their starters in Week Seventeen with wild card weekend off. And, and you remember how flat as a pancake they were against Tennessee, who, like Cleveland, coming off of an emotional win the previous week against an opponent that no one really gave them a uh, a decent chance to beat. You know, no one expected that Tennessee was going to walk into Foxborough and defeat Brady and Belichick last year. And no one – I mean, a couple of people anticipated this, but it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't an overwhelming uh, consensus that pe- that people expected Cleveland to not only beat Pittsburgh, yeah. but obliterate Pittsburgh like they did on Sunday night. And 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 Cleveland, like Tennessee,'s playing without money. Tennessee, they beat the Patriots. Tom Brady, last game ever as a Patriot. They're playing without money. Cleveland took care of business against division rival uh, Pittsburgh and, and completely embarrassed them. Their seasons a success. They're three years removed from 0-16. Kansas City's got all the pressure on them, and and Kansas City down the stretch of the season, you know, their their offense was not clicking on all cylinders against the Falcons if the secondary, I forget his name, didn't uh, drop up, didn't uh, essentially could have came down with the ball in the end zone, that game would have been Atlantis. And if Ku, the most accurate kicker in the 2019 football season, would have would have made the kick, that game would have went in overtime. They got they got lucky. They again got lucky against uh, against the Panthers. Okay, they were spotty when they uh, when they played down in the Big Easy against New Orleans. I mean, this is I mean, this has been a team that has not blown out their opponents. And, or beat them even convincingly on a week-in, week-out basis. And you just got to wonder, you know, with everyone, you know, essentially playing their first game since December 27th, if I have that read properly, how you wonder how they're going to react against a Cleveland team that's going to be firing on all cylinders, playing the game essentially with nothing to lose, with all the pressure in the world off of them no one expects cleveland to beat kansas city everyone expects everyone expects well cleveland had the great se- cleveland had a great season they you know they won more than 10 games they clinched the wild card spot for the first time 18 years and they won a playoff game for the first time since bill belichick was head coach they got none to lose meanwhile kansas city their home it's another playoff game and everyone's expecting to repeat what are your close, thoughts so. on that game the-
1: Cleveland Browns have a really bright future. It'd make me happy to see them do an upset, though. It's possible. It's there. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's Mm -hmm. possible. So, yeah.
0: How many many combined points do you think we scored
1: in this game? Honestly, probably the 70s or 80s. It'll, It'll be high scoring. They're both very high power offenses. If it isn't... If that doesn't happen, I'd be very surprised.
0: If that doesn't happen, I'd be very disappointed to be quite honest with you. Last game of the weekend, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans round three. These two teams played against each other. Week one, and then back in uh, November, this past you know, earlier in the regular season, New Orleans beat the living crap out of Tampa when they played him in Tampa. Took Kibbins at New Orleans, uh, in week one, the first Inola, game of the season.
1: Round three, idea. you know, uh, they almost lost to us last week, they, they're gonna lose to Nola. It's yeah, all
0: right. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I New I New Orleans is just better, got a better defense. And they got a they got a better defense, and I and I at, at this point in time, I, I trust you. the Saints' offense watch, more than I watched do the camp. last
1: playoff game. They was really close, <laughs> so yeah.
0: And any any big time prediction? Well, I
1: think that I've already said like who division I think to so, win, but I'm not very good with like the whole entire predicting points thing, and uh, that'd take a long time for me to figure out because I, I don't even know the spreads for these games. <laughs>
0: Do you, I I get? Uh, let's see, Saints, Saints, Saints. Let's see. It probably, if, I'm, I would be surprised up. if it's Tampa. Okay. People are okay. Now it looks like the feel... Now it says plus or minus three. I'm using ESPN. Let me check. Uh, you get so these websites. So Gee whiz, I'm going to be I trying to find favorite. out the freaking point spread.
1: Look at the point spread. Try to figure out specifically what, yeah. what, what that's going to be. <laughs> so. yeah.
0: Okay. Saints are favorite minus three. All the home teams are favorite. Kansas City is favorite 10, which I think is way too much. Uh, the Buffalo favorite minus two. Green Bay by a touchdown. Mm. Saints minus three. Not so surprised. There you go.
1: It's going to be close. It's going to be a close game. I don't have any rough prediction for you because, like, both of those teams have good offenses, but, like, old quarterbacks and, you know, the possibility of inconsistent play is definitely
0: there. I'll ask you this. Will there at least be one team come championship Sunday? I think so, yeah. That's a, a wild card.
1: One. I think that the one that's going to get closest will probably be the Rams because they, they have the perfect setup for a wild card win if they play their cards right. McVay is a really smart coach, and he got through the Super Bowl with a horrible team. So I have faith in him, especially considering he's he's originally Washington Redskins offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's that. There's the sugar. That's why. All right, <laughs> all right pal. Yeah, 100%. Thanks for, it was thanks really for fun. Uh, you did a I, great I, job. I doing these podcasts
1: it. all the time. Uh, hopefully uh, people enjoy this podcast. Uh, I definitely enjoyed uh, Wild Wildcard Weekend, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen, well, this, this week.
0: Yep. And, and and put and put that that you're the n f o analyst for your show and your uh social bio G- Gives me a little that, bit guy. of uh credibility will you yeah <laughs> I appreciate that man thank you appreciate it. We'll be back with the' teletaris podcast right after. Welcome back to the I'm Tell it Like It T.I. Is podcast. Thanks again for Brendan or to Brendan for joining me, chopping it up uh, like we always do about uh, the National Football League. Uh, we'll see if we can get him on. Uh, it'll either be uh, next weekend or he will be on the recap show on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. But uh, we will get... Uh, Brendan, on to recap divisional uh round weekend and preview championship Sunday for you uh next week. And speaking of divisional round weekend. Uh, let's uh, discuss the games and uh, preview them like uh, we always do. So, uh, let's start go uh, with the games in order. Game number one between the Rams and the pa- between uh, the Rams and the Packers. That game is at uh f- that game is is uh kick off at four thirty at uh four thirty five. That game is going to be on Fox Fox Fox. And remember, last week only had the two, only had the one uh, playoff game they and that game was the Rams and the uh, Rams and the uh, Seahawks last week while while CBS and NBC had two, NBC had the two night games, CBS had Colts and Bills uh last Saturday and then they had the Bears and the Saints and ABC and ESPN had the uh, Titans and Ravens game this weekend. CBS and NBC gets the one game each. Uh, ESPN and a- ESPN is finished with uh, broadcasting football games until September of 2021. No Pro Bowl, so that is the absolute last uh, NFL broadcast that ESPN will have until uh until that until they have that uh if if they even if they have preseason they probably will get a couple games during preseason but not counting that that will be. Sundays, a game between the Ravens and Titans will be their last NFL broadcast until that uh, that that Monday night double dip in uh, in Week One, the first week of the NFL season in 2021. Later uh, this calendar year, NBC gets the one game, CBS gets the one game, CBS. Uh, gets uh gets the uh gets the Browns and can gets the Browns and the uh, the Chiefs on Sunday at three o'clock. Uh NBC has the other uh, AFC game between the Ravens and Buffalo. Uh Saturday night will be uh NBC's last NFL broadcast until that kickoff game. Uh, the uh, the first uh, Thursday night of the new season, whoever that might be, whoever win, you know, the Super Bowl, whoever ends up winning the Super Bowl this year against against who, whomever. Uh, so after ten, after Saturday night, that's a good night for uh, football and NBC, and we'll see in September of 2021. Al, Chris, and and uh, Michelle, CBS again they have, they have the one, they had the two games last week, one game this week and then of course they have the AFC Championship, Fox has the NFC Championship and and Super Bowl 55 is on uh, CBS this year. Uh and Super Bowl 56 uh next football season will be on NBC. But uh so just to give you a uh, an idea of uh, the broadcasting, let's jump right into the games with the Rams. At the Green Bay Packers, you know with the Rams the Rams is interesting because you know they had a phenomenal performance when they beat Seattle thirty to twenty uh last Saturday. Uh the defense was phenomenal defense, defensive touchdown, Ross Wilson with the pick six, whole nine yards went over it. Jared Goff having to come off the bench after uh Wolford it had that stinger in his neck he will not play on Saturday. Jared Goff now two weeks removed from thumb surgery. It's gonna be not brutally cold, but it will be cold. You know, you go look at the forecasts in Los Angeles, California. Uh, this weekend, Mike in Orange County will be uh, soaking up rays. Will be soaking up rays in 80 degree uh, sunshine weather out there uh, in Tinseltown, while his Rams are going to be uh, freezing their freezing their asses off at uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, at Lambeau on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, so, but it won't be unbearably cold like it typically is this time of year We're in Lambo. It'll be in the uh, in the low thirty. It'll be in the low thirties, which still for a California team, Southern California team, is cold. Don't get me wrong. So obviously, when it comes to the weather factor, the advantage does go to the Packers because they play in it. They they live they live in it. They live with it. You know, the Packers have already played a game in the, in the snow this season. i are crying out loud. And Aaron Rodgers essentially is just a different animal when he plays games in cold weather and plays games in snow and things of that nature. And then, of and of course, the Packers being the number one seed, you know, the having the week off, the Rams having to bust their butt to beat division rival Seattle last week not to mention you don't know how the cold weather's is going to affect golf's thumb. I don't trust golf in a I don't trust golf in, in a big game I, I mean I and who cares about the about uh, he outplayed Breeze 2 years ago uh, it's 2 years ago for crying out loud move on but you know the, the yeah, he outplayed Breeze 2 he outplayed Breeze 2 years ago okay fine but I do not trust golf you know he stunk up the joint in the Super Bowl that's all you need to know I mean and biggest that was not the biggest game of his life. The biggest game of his life in the Super Bowl. He laid a complete big fat goose egg in the game. So, I, I did not trust Jared Goff under any circumstances, especially with a bad thumb and cold weather, which going to make it, which makes it worse. The warm weather team coming to a cold weather climate. That's you know that I, I don't I don't trust that, especially when they play in a division when they play in a division that's got a lot of uh warm weather you know where they warm weather teams you know i they did play the they did play the nfc they did play the afc east i'm sorry this season but you know they had the they had the uh the teams they had in the back end of the season they had them i believe for the most part in their building you know what they went they went they went to jacksonville and they went and they went to miami and you know in the uh excuse me in the front end of the season so you know of miami it's sunshine so it's really it's really no difference go you know, from dry heat to muggy heat but and then and then and then it's one team they played in the northeast which was the uh which was the buffalo bills they, you know, they when they went to Buffalo, they played Buffalo in late September, which, which is, you know, which it's probably a difference, but it's a lot different playing in Orchard Park in late September than it is playing at Orchard Park in January. Just ask, uh, just ask the Ravens when they go play at Orchard Park where it's 25 degrees outside and the wind's swirling. Just ask them. You know, they played they played the they played uh when they played the Patriots on a Thursday night in December, they were home. And when they played the Jets, the infamous game they gave the Jets their first win of the season, they were at home. So and they haven't had that many uh East Coast trips this season off of, that I can think of off of off of the uh off of the top of my head. Um when they played, I have to go back and look when they, their, A, their NFC, uh, or excuse me, their AFC East games, or excuse me, their NFC East games. Let me pull it up right quick, um, because I don't think that they've played that many C at Philadelphia Week 2, they you know, in September, at Washington in October, uh, let's see. Yeah, so they, yeah, I'm going through their schedule. Yeah, so they haven't, they haven't, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they have not played a football game this season where the temperature was below 50 degrees. So uh, I'm, that's, I'm going out on a limb when I say, but it's fair to say I don't think that they've played a game this season where the temperature is below 50 degrees and it's not going to be, again, brutally cold, but it's Lambeau, January, that advantage is, that advantage is going to go to the Packers. Also, I just think the Green Bay Packers are a better football team. You know, granted, the Rams have the best defense in football, but the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, and the Rams do not. The Packers have Deon, have Devontae Adams. I understand Jalen Ramsey, best corner in national football. I get, I get all that, but the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, the Rams do not. Uh Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Jared Goff is not cutting it for me. I'm sorry. I understand great defense, but when it but I've, but even if the Rams keep that game close, it's gonna come down to a point in that football game where the quarterback has to make a play to win the game. And I'm sorry. I am taking Aaron Rodgers every day of the week and twice on Sundays over Jared Goff, especially in a playoff setting where, you know, in, at Lambeau Field in January. I just am. It, it It's just, especially when Jared Goff has a bad thumb. E- even even if the Rams don't allow the Packers to score any more than 25 points in the game, I'm taking the team with Aaron Rodgers on it. He's the MVP, he's hands down, is going to be the MVP of the season. Having one of his better seasons of his uh, NFL career and it's just I'm I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Jared Goff. Sorry, I understand the great defense. I understand that defense shut down the Seattle Seahawks' offense, which, to be fair, you know, has not been as great as uh, as w- was advertised heading into last Saturday. But I, I'm but the Green Bay Packers. I just think are a better football team, than I expect Green Bay. To uh, to win that game, they might not score 31 points to do it, but I expect Green Bay to win. I expect Green Bay to win that game because they got Aaron Rodgers. You got Aaron Rodgers, and and again the Rams and again the Rams all season long have proved to be that football team. You know they play lights out, dominant like they like they belong in the Super Bowl one week, and then they lose to and then they lose to the Jets the next. I mean. So and that which 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 is why which is why the team did not end did not end up winning their division. Why they are a wild card team, be because they're because even though they're a good team with a great defense, they're too up and down. They're too they're too inconsistent. They they look like they belong. They look like they literally belong in the Super Bowl with their fantastic defense and Wonder Boy McVeigh's genius one week. And then McVeigh gets his, you know, McVeigh allows his team to play like absolute crap. The defense can't stop a damn thing, and and all and the offense is a nice sort of watch. The you know the week, you know the week the next. Then they make they make uh, Sam Darnold out to be uh, Joe Namath, nineteen you know nineteen uh in nineteen sixty nine. So I mean or nineteen sixty eight. So I mean it's just. I, and I, and I, and, I, and because they're inconsistency, I just don't see how Green Bay is going to win. This. Green Bay can lose can lose this football game. I I just I just don't see how Green Bay can lose this game. I I just don't. Too too many. I understand Rams have a great defense, and I'm not going. And and I'm not saying that Green Bay is going to blow them out because I don't think that. Well, because of the Rams' great defense, but when Aaron Donald and Jared Goff, their two quote unquote leaders of that football team, are hobbling coming in. And Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers have been firing on all cylinders all season long. It, event you know eventually, you know, eventually, eventually, there, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the football team is going to pay dividends. And again, and again, the the Rams' key to winning this football game is not is not Jared Goff looking like Kurt Warner and outplaying Aaron Rodgers in the game. The key to the Rams winning this football game is uh, is is their defense wrecking havoc and and making sure the Packers don't score any more than two touchdowns in the game. If if they if they keep if they allow the Packers to only score two touchdowns less, that's how the Rams win the football game. They're not going to win the football game because Jared Goff is going to throw for 300 is going to throw for 315 yards and throw three touchdown passes and look like an absolute hall of fame quarterback cuz that's just not going to happen. The way they beat the way they beat Green Bay is with their defense. And even with the great defense, I don't think that they'll be able to hold up to Aaron Rodgers. I I just I just don't. And again, they've been inconsistent all season long. They look like NFC champions one week and then they lay an egg to the Jets the next. I mean f for, for for no for no for no um for no reason whatsoever. So game number two between Baltimore and Buffalo. Uh Baltimore coming off of an impressive victory, a revenge game over a uh a redemption game, beating, uh, taking care of business against a uh, rival Tennessee last week. Lamar Jackson, you know, people are gonna say, well, he didn't set the world on fire. His passing game was this, passing game that. Lamar Jackson played pretty damn good for it to get his first playoff win against the rival Tennessee, and uh, and that and that's all I'm gonna say. And the Ravens, they're flying high right now. They're riding. I believe they're riding a six-game win streak. They have not lost the game since at Pittsburgh at the beginning of December. They've played essentially immaculate football. They've played immaculate football since. Since the offense has been clicking, the defense has been good. Granted, they played bad opponents: the Giants, the Jags, the Bengals. But win, hey, wins a win, and they want a playoff game, and that's why they're playing on Saturday night. And I think the Ravens got a lot of momentum heading into this game. They got a lot of good, positive energy with them. Hardball, you know, Lee is, like I mentioned with Brennan, he has the NFL record for the most uh, playoff wins on the road all time. That's better than Landry. That's better than all the all-time great coaches you can think of. Granted, Belichick, more than Belichick, granted Belichick hasn't had the play a whole hell of a lot of road games in his road playoff games in his NF, in his uh, NFL coaching career but uh, but hey but I mean Belichick doesn't doesn't even have that record Harbaugh does which which uh, which speaks volumes you know having eight having eight uh, you know road career playoff wins you know and you've been the head coach of the Ravens since 2008 of course they you know I could go through it you know they beat other playoff teams they beat in 2008 on the road in 2009 when they beat the Patriots in 2010 and then 2011 they had the number two seed that year so they had to play one road game that season that was the AFC championship game to New England which they lost uh which they lost and in 2012 they had to play the two road games they beat they got their revenge against Brady in the championship game the next year and had to Beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos in that cold, uh, bitter in that cold, uh, in that cold frosty day in uh, in Denver. The the miracle at Mile High, the Mile High miracle, whatever it's called. Jacoby Flacco to Jacoby Jones to tie the game up and everything else. So so it's impressive. And Lamar Jackson, they're playing with confidence. They get uh, they get. You know, I get the feeling that they're playing with a huge chip on the shoulder. That many members of the outside media, of the outside national media, aren't giving the Ravens their due respect and aren't giving them their props because well, because Lamar Jackson doesn't play the quarterback position the traditional, orthodox way. He, you know, he's a run first guy instead of a pass first guy. He does have those bad throws. A lot of that interception in the first half against Tennessee, where it's like where you just scratch it and say, what the hell was that? You know, so he does have a couple of those bad throws here and there, and and you know and the fact that he doesn't play the position the 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 uh, cookie cutter way that we've all grown accustomed to over the last uh, period of time. Then of course, you know, their gritty team, their gutty football team. They got Marcus Peters. They got a little bit of of an, of an edge to him. You know what they did. You know with the whole thing with Tennessee and everything else. So. But I, but I think that they're that they are riding with that chip on your shoulder mentality, you know that I with that no playing that no respect card, and that's gonna that's gonna fuel them, that's gonna motivate them, you know. They had a lot of motivation, you know. Not Lamar has won a playoff game, and of course the rivalry with Tennessee. But it'll be interesting to see. You know what what what's going to be the source of motivation this week? You know, is it well? Is it going? Is it the argument where people, you know, in the media over this past week says, well, yeah, we won a playoff game, but his numbers weren't that great, and and you know, and and Tennessee's defense stunk, and they didn't put up as many points as they should have, and blah blah blah. So we'll see what their motivation is heading in uh, heading into uh, heading into Buffalo. They run the football well. Their defense, their defense was absolutely phenomenal against Tennessee last week. Be interesting to see how uh, Baltimore plays against Buffalo at Orchard Park on Saturday night. Um as far as Buffalo is concerned, Buffalo uh, kept kept the Colts in that game way too long last week. As we've discussed, Josh Allen did bail them out. It, this is really if you're gonna if you're gonna see it, if you're gonna look at a game, that's a that's a that's a pick 'em. That's a pick 'em. Flip a coin. You can't go wrong. It's this one. Baltimore wins one shock me. Buffalo wins one shock me. This is this and This hopefully has the record of being. Uh, Hopefully he has the potential of being an all-time classic playoff game because Buffalo, I mean, their offense, like I said earlier in the week, uh, Allen and Diggs, top five uh, wide receiver quarterback combination in the National Football League. Their defense is, isn't as good, isn't as good, nor it, it isn't better than Baltimore's, so that'll be interesting too. It's it's going to be one hell of a football game, and I can't I can't wait. Till it commences on Saturday night, game number three or four of the divisional round weekend. We go to Sunday between Cleveland and Kansas City uh, at three o'clock. And you know, like I brought up with Brendan, you know, it's like it, the I, I I got a little bit, you know, I, I get the feel I have from about this football game is that it's a lit, it's not as quite, but it's a little similar to the Tennessee Baltimore game. Playoff game from two thousand, you know, from the twenty nineteen season that was played in Jan- last January of twenty twenty, where you know where the where no one gave the brown where little to no one gave the Browns a chance to beat Pittsburgh on the road, you know, on a you know in a prime time stage, prime time at night on national television against a big time rival. No one gave little to no one, nobody in America gave them a chance for them to pull it out. You know, and they and they and not only do they get the win against Pittsburgh, they absolutely dominated them for the better part of four quarters of the game, and shocked the hell out of everybody. Titans last year, you know, it's Brady and Belichick, and so everyone's expecting well... Brady and Belichick going to make another Super Bowl run, you know, this time as a wild-card team having the – not a wild-card team, but having to play wild-card weekend, not being one of the top two seeds and, and win a Super Bowl that way. So, everyone pretty much expected that. And little old Tennessee, the little train that could with Tannehill and Derrick Henry and not a bunch of uh, household names. And Vrabel, who was an interesting guy, a former uh, – who used to play – who used to play for Belichick back 15-plus uh, years ago. So – and and they and not and again, they didn't beat New England, they dominated them, not for the better part of four quarters, but they but they beat uh but they beat brady and uh and the uh, patriots uh pretty pretty handily in that game, and then they you know walking into Baltimore playing with house money coming off of a gutty gritty emotional physical win the previous week, and you know playing up playing against the team in the next round who who like you know like Kansas City? Who you know everyone at that point in time pretty much crowned the Ravens to be AFC champions to go to the Super Bowl this time last year you know and pretty much crowned them before they ever even played a playoff game. Ravens like Kansas City had not played a meaningful game since Week sixteen. Ravens their meaningful game that year was Week sixteen, I believe at at Cleveland when they uh, when they won the, when they won the division I could be 15 but I'm pretty sure it's 16 when they played at Cleveland to uh, lock up the number 1 to lock up the number 1 seed and then, of course they rested their starters at home when they you know week 17 at home against Pittsburgh and then of course they had wildcard weekend off and playing their first game in in 3 weeks time Granted, Kansas City gets that extra day playing on a Sunday. Baltimore ended up playing on a Saturday, a little bit different, but not that much quite different. Kansas City, of course, their last meaningful game where they had all their starters play was week sixteen at home against the Atlanta Falcons, which they nearly could have- which they could have easily could have lost that game. And of course, having week seventeen off, wild card weekend off, first action for a lot of their players in in a three weeks time. So you know that going, that offense, which hasn't which hadn't been clicking on all cylinders throughout the back uh, throughout the uh, second half of the NFL see, of the twenty twenty regular season you know they're going to be rusty, you know, coming out the get-gate. Cleveland playing with uh, intensity and physicality still juiced up and hyped off of their big-time victory against uh, Pittsburgh from uh, last Sunday. So it, it So it's a little bit of a similar situation. And, you know, everyone essentially has the Chiefs crowned as – You know, outside of Buffalo, outside of Bills and Ravens fans, everyone essentially has the Chiefs crowned as AFC champions, send them on the way to Tampa, repeat AFC champions to go to the Super Bowl for the second streak year in a row. And a team like, you know, the Browns that no one expected to be there, you know, no one expected expected them to be there, and essentially no one is going to, I mean, I mean, the Kansas City's favorite minus 10 for crying out loud. So, I mean, they're 10-point I mean, underdogs. So, I mean, so it's a very eerie and similar situation to Tennessee and Baltimore. And it would not shock me under any circumstances if uh, Cleveland pulls off the upset and for the first time in 30-something years ends up playing in an AFC championship game three years removed. From 0 uh, 16. Can't uh, see, like I said, their offense wasn't great against uh, Atlanta. They should have lost if the, uh, member of this, if the member of the Falcons' secondary holds on to the balls. He's going to the ground to the end zone. Uh, the Falcons have that game locked up, not to mention if Koo the I believe this uh, this season was the most accurate kicker in the NFL if he doesn't have that rare coincidental miss that game goes into overtime and who knows how the game plays out the offense wasn't great against the Saints on the road neither was the defense allowed the Saints to, to get uh, to make it a close game uh to make it a close game the closing minutes of that game the offense also wasn't great Against, uh, I mean, I mean, not, not excuse me, not the offense. The defense wasn't great as they allowed uh, the Carolina Panthers to be within within a field goals uh, reach of that game that they played when they played each other back in December. They barely escaped the lowly uh, Carolina Panthers. So they have not been playing. Uh, you know, they have not been playing flawless football as of late and blowing out the teams that they should be blowing out, you know, allowing these, you know, teams that are dwindling in the basement to uh, to make it an interesting ball game going down the stretching and closing minutes of the game. Not to mention, you know, Kansas City's biggest problem is Kansas City. You know, they get too cute. They get too cute with these with these sophisticated with these sophisticated, unnecessary gadget plays that they try to run on the offense and everything else. so in Kansas City's biggest threat is Kansas City. And I've said all season long, would not shock me if Kansas City doesn't make it back to the Super Bowl and gets picked off by somebody. I don't know who that team might be. Could be Cleveland this week, could be Buffalo, or could be Baltimore next week, or could be the Saints or Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Bottom line is, I do not expect can't see the repeat of Super Bowl champions because what I've seen the, the I do not see a team that, that's repeating. I'm seeing a team that's 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 a very good football team with a lot of weapons on it and a good coach but but are are getting the luck of the draw every single time you turn around. Every single time. Every single time. Kickers missing kicks you know, the guys, not holding on to interceptions that should be interceptions. That they they've they've gotten lucky, and you and you wonder if if their luck is gonna run out coming here down the stretch. Because unlike last year, they have not been playing dominating, smash mouth, championship football in this point in the season. They've been getting very lucky with their. Uh, with you know, in their games the last uh, couple of weeks coming down the stretch, and again the twenty-one day layoff, it didn't it didn't help Baltimore last year, and I don't think it's going to help Kansas City considering that Kansas City wasn't playing their best football heading down the stretch back in uh, back in December. I just I, I and again I don't like that. You get you have the number one seed, you have the week off anyway. Go out there and go out there and show me something and play and put together a decent. Quarter or a decent half of football, and then I'll sit you. But sitting you for the full four quarters, especially when, when their offense hasn't exactly uh, looked like their offense of the twenty nineteen twenty eighteen version of the Chiefs, I w- I wouldn't have rested them, rested them if I was Andy Reid. Game number three between the excuse me, or game number four of Division round weekend. Game number, uh, game two on Sunday between the Bucks and the Saints. This is uh, round three between these two teams. Saints swept the regular season series. They beat them in week one, then they blew them out on that Sunday night in Tampa. Uh, they blew them out the wa- they blew them out the water. The final score of that game, I get it to you. Final score of that game, 38 to three. Saints. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and it's not like that, well, third time around automatically the team that lost the previous two games is going to win. Not necessarily. It's, I think it's, I think the team, and I think it's a six, I think it's 66% chance the team, you know, when they play each other the third time around the team that beat, that beat their opponent the previous two times ends up taking that third game. So it's so it's so slow your rope before you say well the Bucks are gonna win simply because I don't see the Bucks and Brady, you know, losing three games three games in a row to the same team. Yeah, be be a little cautious about. It. Not to mention the Buccaneer defense is not that great. Washington had the ball with eight minutes to go with a chance. I understand Taylor Hennick, Taylor Tyler Henneke, whatever his name is, out of Old Dominion, you know, played his rear end off and was was was. Absolutely impressive in the game, but the fact that, but the fact that what you know and and you're hearing it from someone that said that that the Bucks should have blew out Washington by thirty points, thirty points. The fact that Washington had the ball in the fourth quarter with about eight minutes left with a chance to tie the game up, that would alarm me. And I think the Saints, you know. The Alvin Kamara's back. He's got his legs underneath him again, and Michael Thomas is back. They're gonna be clicking on all cylinders. so that they incorporated Deontay Harris back into the offense last week, and plus that, and plus that Saints defense is a, is way better than the Buccaneer defenses. I I I think I think the Saints are gonna win this game. Uh, quite hand handling myself, and uh, and I hope they do because again they were my uh, Super Bowl pick so, uh, that remains the so my champ- my conference championship game picks, my Super Bowl picks I'm almost there, hopefully uh hopefully uh the games go out or turn up right in my favor, so come the end of the season when I go back and recap my season predictions, you know, I whiffed on the Steelers going six and ten, but hey i I predicted who was going to be you know. In the conference championship games and Super Bowl, like, I, corrected, I predicted that right on the button back in uh, September. So I'm going to look like a genius in the end. Let's see if I can look like a genius uh, with these picks coming up after the break. Last week, uh, I'll tell you what my record was uh, last week coming up right after this. Slamming when, sure when I'm going to no make sure When it's going, I won't get Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I'd say I like to stand in the crowd And watch people people the damn But think about a thing you understand I'm just an addict addicted to music Maybe it's a habit I gotta use it Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm Welcome I'm back computer computer to computer the I'm is podcast Don't have many much more of these This is uh the last week we got it we got uh, more than two NFL games with the four on the schedule uh sad because you know you're coming down the home stretch of the NFL season getting closer and closer to crowning a champion and you know, it's, you know it sucks when the football season's coming down the it's great' cause, you know you it's meaningful football playoff football nothing like it. Uh, but that's you know it's sad and it's a little depressing you know once Super Bowl is over it's like you know goodbye football till the fall so uh, but you know it is what it is and uh, let's enjoy it while we uh, while we have it divisional round weekend the NFL last week I was absolutely phenomenal with my picks I went five I was five and one last week. I, uh, I, uh, let's see, I had, um, now nah, my picks didn't cover the spread. Uh, my picks didn't cover the, well, I had, but th- Baltimore's favorite minus three and a half, I had Baltimore to win 37 and 34, they and ended up winning by seven, so, and then Tampa Bay won by eight, so they covered the spread there. I didn't. I picked. I picked Tampa Bay to win twenty eight to three. So I didn't get the, my score predictions were off. My score predictions were off, but let's see, New Orleans. I had 27-13. That's not terrible. I didn't expect Cleveland and Pittsburgh to be as I But as far as picking the the you know picking the picking the right teams to win, I, I was five. I was five out of one. For a Wild Card Weekend, I got Buffalo right, got Buffalo right, got Tampa right, got Baltimore right, got the Saints right, got Cleveland right. I of course, uh, I of course, the uh, on my uh, Rams and Seahawks pick. Uh, so so uh, that so that's, uh, uh, that's that. Uh, thanks a lot to Russell Wilson and uh, Brian Schottenheimer. But it's a new week. Hopefully, I can uh, go four for four this weekend. And uh, if you like to. Bet the picks I give you, hopefully I win you some money. So, it's about that time. Divisional round weekend, a.k.a. week 19 of the National Football League season. Playoff time, round two in the league where they play. For pay. Game number one between the Los Angeles Rams going up against the Green Bay Packers. I mentioned Rams have the best defense in the National Football League, but the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Give me the Green Bay Packers to win the game. Their favorite minus seven points. Give me Green Bay to win the game by seven, 24-17. The Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. Ravens coming off of an emotional revenge victory against the Tennessee Titans on the road last Sunday. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense, you know, they haven't been setting the world on fire, but they've been playing good, solid football along with their defense. Meanwhile, Buffalo, thanks to Josh Allen and thanks to the wonders of uh, Frank Wright, uh, made it out of there alive by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. Their defense should have put the game away and they allowed uh, the Colts to creep back in the game. Ravens have a better defense, which is why I think the Ravens' are end up going win the, are, are going to end up winning this football game. Buffalo's favorite minus two points. Give me the Ravens to win this game by a field goal 27 to 24. Uh, the forecast for that game, uh, in Buffalo, it looks like, you know, it was reports of snow. It looks like there isn't going to be any snow in the updated forecast uh, as we get closer and closer to game time. So it looks like the weather will not be a factor in Buffalo. Buffalo, favorite minus two. Again, give me the Ravens to win the game and to advance to the AFC Championship by the final score of 27-24. Uh, give me... And Game number three, game number one on Sunday between the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. Cleveland, of course, coming off of that gritty, impressive victory on the road against division rival Pittsburgh, a place they had not won in a long, long time. Kevin Stefanski will be back in action for Cleveland. They looks like they've gotten themselves organized as far as the COVID is concerned. Remember, Alex or uh, Kevin Stefanski was not on the sidelines for Cleveland last week because he uh, he was sick with COVID. So he's back now, coaching, coaching and uh, being on the sidelines for his first ever NFL playoff game as a head coach. Cleveland's offense in Baker Mayfield and that running attack did no wrong against Pittsburgh. It's going to be a high-scoring football game. Lots of scoring, lots of touchdowns, little to no defense. The Cleveland secondary was picked apart to shreds, albeit in garbage time, by the Pittsburgh offense last, uh, last week. Um, while Kansas City's offense has uh, not been essentially dominant for the entire season. They allowed... The Raiders to go crazy on them, uh, you know, back early in the season. And the Saints put some points on the board against them as well. Kansas City's favorite minus 10, which I think is way, way too many points. Kansas City lost their last game, not that it mattered, week 17 against uh, the division rival Chargers. They won their last game where everybody played of note week 16 at home against the Falcons. Again, by the hair of the chinny-chin-chin. Ten points is way too many. Give me the Cleveland Browns to pull off the upset and win the game 41-38. Tampa Bay going up against the New Orleans Saints. Saints favored by a field goal. Tampa Bay, of course, uh, took, care of business against, uh, took care of business against Washington. Uh, le- took care of business against Washington last week. Uh, against Taylor Heineke and the crew. Uh, the Buccaneers winning their first ever playoff game. Since uh since Super Bowl thirty seven when they knocked off the Raiders, uh when they knocked off the Raiders in Super Bowl thirty seven to crown themselves, two thousand two NFL champions, uh heading into New Orleans again round three when they played New Orleans they were very spotty offensively bringing pick six they were it was just bad, uh, granted it was week one everyone's getting their feet wet getting used to each other and still they were still trying to find their way. They found their way this time. I don't think often offense, uh, but I think the Saints offense is, is a lot better than the uh, Tampa Bay defense is. Tampa Bay defense is a little overrated. Uh, you know, they allowed the Giants to stay, you know, t- they allowed the Giants to uh, stay close with them, and they played them back in November. They lost to the Rams at home. They got absolutely obliterated by the Chiefs offense in Tampa. Uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, again, they allowed Washington to tie the game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, I, I don't trust the Tampa Bay defense, and I think it's just one of those things where just the, the Saints have the Bucs number. Uh, Bucks favored by a field goal minus three. Or excuse me, the Saints are favored by a field goal at minus three. Give me the Saints to win the game and to advance the NFC Championship game. Give me the Saints to win the game. 28-17. And those are your divisional round weekend picks in the National Football League. And there is your program. Hope you enjoyed it. By the way, this is the eight-year anniversary uh, Jan- this phenomenal song, which is the outro to this show suit and tie, Justin Timberlake Jay-Z. This song was released eight years ago, January 15th, 2013 FYI. It's your boy Jay Shields. Follow me on, on the socials at the Jay Shield and the show on Twitter at i am it underscore it, And the show on Twitter at i underscore podcast. Enjoy the football. Take care. See ya.